There are few men in scripture that God met unprepared. Most of the men that became mighty with God, they were doing something, they were consecrated to God at different levels. Most of the men. Moses, after he left Egypt, had kept a dangerous consecration. That's why he went to Horeb. Detro is a descendant of Keturah. He's a descendant of the Midianite, and the Midianite are the children of Keturah. So he is of Abraham's blood. And so they understand priesthood. So Moses did not stumble on Horeb. He knows that Horeb is the mountain of God. Because Jethro is a priest. And Jethro must have told him, on that mountain, God meets men. That's why Moses kept going there. Somewhere, the Bible said, when the evil lamp is put out, First Samuel chapter 3, from verse 1 to 3, he kept sleeping on the altar. He had the consecration. He kept sleeping on altar. They are not strangers. There's something they know. There's a life they live. Go and check the scripture. You will find these things. They are replete. Joseph will tell Potiphar's wife, Genesis 39 verse 9, when she told him to sleep with her. He said, how can I do this evil and sin against God? My master has not kept anything from me except you. How can I do this evil? So there was a consecrated life. Our generation is porous. People don't stand for anything. They just float as their emotions lead them. And they are wondering why God is not using them and why they are not becoming mighty. If there's no consecration at the foundation of your life, you won't have energy to rise in your season. And so you must learn the ways of God and you must demonstrate your understanding through consecration. Because if you have known God, any spirit for that matter, there must be a consecration. Go and find out the consecrations that they have and they skip. You'll be shocked that we are joking as Christians. I've never seen any worldly herbalist. I've never seen any secular native doctor. They are too consecrated. In fact, sometimes civilization is a distraction to them. That's why they are in the forest. There's no law that they must stay in the forest. But they don't want to desecrate the ambience of the spirit that they worship. That's the level of consecration. But today, bishops are secular. Bishops are worldly. And we are talking about bringing light to affect our generation when you are dealing with consecration there are two dimensions to consecration the first dimension to consecration is your consecration to god because you must have a walk with god the second dimension to consecration is to the requirements of your destiny an engineer does not have the same consecration as a pilot that's how it works in the same vein a prophet does not have the same consecration as a teacher the consecration of a prophet may be worship and prayer the consecration of a teacher is study and so he's not just studying to have a relationship with god he needs raw material in his spirit to be able to deliver his calling and the same apply if god is raising you as a leader from the church you need to understand the laws of leadership there's a consecration requirement your own consecration may not be praying for 10 hours every day but you may need to understand the principles of courtesy you may need to understand the principles of management you must need to understand the principles of leadership because if you appear there without training 
you will be a disaster and you bring reproach to the church and so there is one aspect of consecration that has to do with your work with god there must be another aspect of consecration that has to do with mastering the demand of your destiny if you fail in these two consecration you will never rise i'm telling you things that will never change until this world comes to an end as till your consecration to god there's a consecration for intimacy and that has to do with purity it has to do with reverence it has to do with prayer communicating with god prayer and fasting all of those consecrations are required to walk with god they are intimacy based consecration the bible said god is of a purer eyes his eyes cannot behold iniquity in second timothy chapter 2 verse 19 he said the standard of god standard sure he said therefore god knows them that are his he said they that name the name of the lord must depart from iniquity you cannot mix light with darkness and so there is a rigid requirement of purity there are many people trusting god to do something mighty in their life they want to become leaders that will change the world they want to be used mightily in the anointing but their garments are stained that you are able to hide it from men does not mean you can hide it from god god sees what you are doing in the dark and so if you want the power of god if it's power of god you want to lift you there's a demand for purity go and study the life of joseph i read it already the reason a nobody can become a somebody and nobody can do anything about it is because that nobody was keeping the demand of purity the guy would have slept with potiphar's wife he would have ended up the head of all house boys meanwhile his destiny was to become prime minister in egypt the reason he journeyed that far was because he kept his purity when he had the opportunity he refused some of us here the reason we are not yet falling is because we don't have opportunity and we are fighting so hard to get that opportunity and god is looking at us he said no the power you are looking for you don't have the capacity to carry it and so even when the season comes you discover you can't rise because iniquity will become a weight that will pull you down there is the consecration of reverence you can't walk with god without honoring him you find people who say they want god to use them god is talking they, they cross their leg they are saying god wait later i'm watching a movie and they want this same power of god to make them a senator they want this same power of god to make them a governor they want this same power of god to make them a prophet they want this same power of god to make them the most successful businessmen do you believe that power do you honor that power if you like pay 10 prophets to pray for you you will go nowhere it's deception when they finish eating your money you will come back to square one if you want god to lift you and if you want to rise and walk with god you must honor god you must fear god first somewhere 2 30 he said they that honor me i will honor he said they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed so there is an intimacy based consecration and everybody who wants to rise and become mighty in a generation must keep it see this generation where people are fornicating people are lying and they come back and cry oh forgive me they, they will run from their pastor and call a prophet or an apostle that's far away because they don't want anybody to know what they have done it's a joke every two months you fall to sin every two months and then you think you will enter your destiny the season that you are supposed to shine the devil knows your timetable in the spirit and it brings a besetting sin and you fall you cry forgive you 
Yes, God will forgive you because it's his nature to forgive. But you can never be mighty. Because you are a child. And he said the heir, so long as he's a child, is not different from a servant. Even though he's Lord of all. Let me tell you, the way to arise is to keep guard over yourself. And say this body belongs to God only. This mind belongs to Jesus. And then you start doing the things that you need to do to keep yourself fervent. Because there must, you must pass the test of intimacy for God to use you. For you to rise up and become the answer to your generation. And then while you are keeping that consecration, you must also keep the consecration of the direction God is taking you. If you are a tailor, please be the best at it. Don't come to church and say, eh, I'm doing fashion designing now. Please patronize me. Sir, we will not patronize you because you are in church. We will patronize you because you are good. Because I will not wear a bad fabric because you are a church member. If you are an engineer, pay the price to know it and know it well. Because I will not hire you to an airline to crash my planes. Every plane costs millions of dollars. And so they cannot have you as the chief engineer because you are a church member. Because when the plane crashes, the engine will be damaged. Lives will be wasted. See the problem? Christians are not paying the price to be the best at what they do. They want to use sentiment to get position. And so the world cannot move like that. See, the people of the world know better. That's why in the world system, a man can have a business. His family members are not there. He's looking for the best engineer. He's looking for the best poet. He's looking for the best writer. He's looking for the best. And so you must pay the price to be the best. Imagine if David didn't know how to blow the flute. Why would Saul call him? Go and read 1 Samuel 16 verse 18. See the credentials of David. They called him a valiant man. They called him a master cunning person. Because he knew how to blow the flute. So he didn't, they didn't call him to the palace because he was the son of Jesse. They called him because he was good at what he was doing. Many Christians are very bad at what they are doing. And they are hoping that because of the grace of God, their weakness should be overlooked. If your weakness is overlooked, it will cost your generation something. Today, a doctor can forget surgical blade in Protestant. And then that same doctor comes for a to pray for him to be a consultant. How can you be a consultant leaving surgical blade in people? And people are dying and you think you will rise. No, God doesn't work like that. If you want God to lift you, if you want to rise, you must pay the price to be good at what you do. I'm telling you this because if we start prophesying and making declarations, everybody will shout and lift up their hand. But the question is, can God trust you to handle that bank? Can God trust you to handle that oil company? If they give you that business, won't it crash? And so there is a demand of consecration to master what you are called to do. You say you want to be a speaker and you cannot deliver a 10-minute speech without stuttering because you have not read enough. You have not built boldness, but you are saying God will lift you and one day the whole world will hear you. Hear you how? Which language will you speak? Will you go and start on the world stage and say, hmm, hmm, hmm. So you must sit down and read books. You must listen to people who are good, prolific speakers. Learn how to speak. Learn the comportment. Learn, it's also called consecration. It is intimacy-based consecration that are spiritual. 
destiny-based consecration is about mastery. Paul said, him that striveth for the mastery must be temperate in all things. When a Paul stands and is talking, he will wow you. You will know he knows what he's saying. I did my external PhD defense yesterday. When the examiner came, he didn't interact with me as an apostle. We were talking chemistry. We were talking chemistry. Why is your nanoparticle emitting radiation at 420 nanometer? I have to explain to him that the active site interacted with the light from the UV visible. And so it emitted... <laughs> You don't come there and say in the name of Jesus. Sir, you come there and talk like one who has understanding. <laughs> Do you know what they did? When I finished, that was when the, the professor told me, ah, Apostle, how are you? Because in case this apostle goes to be a lecturer, he will not teach them Bible there. It will teach them chemistry so that they can go and practice and become relevant. Many don't pay attention to their consecration. When they tell you what is formaldehyde, you won't say it is John chapter 3 verse 16. What is SBR in, FTA, in UV visible? It's not, that is not John 20.10. You will explain it. You will explain it. You will explain it. So you need to know what you are doing. It is called consecration for destiny. This 